Hey, Vitamizers. Thought I was going to drop that one, didn't you? I'm not. I like it. You're Vitamizers. All right. Welcome back to the How Do You Health podcast. This week, we are actually bringing you some B-side tracks. So this podcast is not as long as normal, but it's basically I maybe tend to turn on my recording device before we actually start the Facebook Live that we then turn into a podcast. And I maybe tend to leave it on after the Facebook Live is over. So we have some really good conversations with our guests before and after the show. And I wanted to share some of those with you guys today. They share just as many insights with us off camera as they do on camera. And I think the off camera conversations are actually sometimes better just because you know, there's no camera on them, so people feel more comfortable to say what they want, and it's great. So that's what we have for you today. We have B-sides from two of our podcasts. We have a B-side from one of our most recent ones, episode 11, Oral Health with Dr. Jenny Perna. If you haven't heard that one, definitely go back and listen to it. And we also have a B-side from episode 4, The AIP Diet and Pregnancy with Anne-Marie Garland. Both of these ladies are super awesome. We love talking with them, and they're clearly very smart, even when they don't think they have an audience. Um, Real quick, we are brought to you, as always, by Slenderella. This season, we have a uh, Jolly Slenderella special going on. Um, It's uh, basically a Slenderella liver detox as normal, but it also helps with... um, de-stress. So we know that the holidays can be really stressful, whether you have some family members you might not get along with or holiday shopping, whatever it is that stresses you out about the holidays, the Jolly Slenderella can help. Um, Definitely our best prices on a Slenderella package and a drip of the year. So ask about that when you come into MSW Lounge. We are also brought to you by Flabs to Fitness Inc. specializing in 20 minute workouts you can do anywhere as well as online brand management. That being said, That's all we have for you today as far as advertisements go, short and sweet, and this is a short and sweet podcast, so definitely stay tuned because there's a lot of good hidden nuggets in there. Enjoy the show. I mean, like the off the record stuff, like is, I don't know. I mean, like the fluoride thing, like I wonder if the biohacker is going to start like getting on us and be like, I listen to your crap and I can't believe like you're for fluoride. It's like, I didn't say I was for fluoride. I just said, here are the facts. Yeah, you know, it's like, and that's the thing. Like, I can advise anyone about anything, but it's your body. You have to do it. It's your choice. I'm not going to force you to do anything, but I, as a healthcare provider, you have to. I have to tell you the facts. Yeah. And I often get it where patients, even if it's like dental treatment, they're like, I really don't want to hear it. And it's like, that's <laughs> fine. I'm still going to tell you. Right. So you have all the information to make a decision. You're you know, a, you're officially our longest one. So congratulations. What do you think about these? Oh, yeah, the tooth powder. Why did I didn't want I didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, thanks for not yeah slinging this on me. Yeah. Like put her on the spot right there. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, uh, we have the oil pool, and then we have I think it's made with myrrh. That's made with myrrh. This is made with CBD oil. And that's an oil pool. Yeah, this is made with CBD oil. Oh, cool. I think. Clove tea. Oh, this is made with myrrh, too. What do you think about that one? Well, like I said, I mean... There's nothing really in it that says that it's going to... 
kind of repair anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? The truth is with teeth is that no matter what you do with them, if you don't take care of the underlying issue, yeah. which is the bacteria, yeah. there's the same thing with antibiotics yeah. as well. So there's a huge overprescription of antibiotics yeah. in our in our country. And yeah. because of it, you know, bacteria yeah, yeah. is becoming resistant, blah, blah, blah. Well, a lot of people come to me and they're like, well, can, you, can I just get an antibiotic? If I don't take care of the source, which is the bacteria, which is usually in your nerve that's caused the infection, sure. or it's in your gums, if I don't take that away, yeah. then this isn't going to fix it. So a lot of these things, if they're if the cavities are big enough and large enough, it's not going to fix it. Yeah. Now I will say there is a new agent, newer, let me put it this way, um, silver nitrate that they're putting on teeth okay. to reverse cavities, um, basically stop the growth of it. And it could be a pretty large cavity, but it can't work for cavities in between the teeth unless there's a huge cavitation because it can't get to it. Um, but it turns the tooth black. No really? one's going to want a black tooth. Yeah. So often what they do is they do it on kids because you don't have to drill into the tooth then. Um, and kids, you know, we really want to stop phobias. Yeah. You know, everyone is phobic of the dentist. Sure. So they'll put it on a baby tooth that's going to fall out anyway, but the kid will have a black tooth. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I can always do more research into these, these things. Well, I'm just curious because, like, that is a question for you like what do you think about this it's like when someone asks me i have this issue i'm gonna try this what do you think about it so i have like clients that are like concierge clients that basically use me as a reference like mm -hmm. they have a primary care and they use me as like their health person to be like my primary care thinks i'm nuts what do you think and i'm like well i can see where they're coming from i have to tell you about the risk and benefits of it so like a yeah, cya right. perspective you can't go telling people yeah cut out the fluoride from your water i, I can't yeah until they're like i said until there's like articles and research oh, and oh. clinical studies like i i cannot tell you no the, yeah of course you know not. but it, the same hey thing how's it going yeah. it's like yeah. there is i'm i'm down you know if there's yeah. something better out there let's do it of course i mean that's that it's oh, like hard. we have a our uh, oh, our pediatrician we had a long extensive so look kind of like as far as with the vaccines yeah. and I told him I said it's not that we don't so want a vaccine kind of it's just we want a flexible uh, schedule I think that having 50 vaccines by the time he's three is just stupid yeah, right? I didn't have that when I was growing up so I'm thinking like are you open to the idea that we pick and choose which ones we do and then we delay a few of them and then like maybe like are you open to that and he's like yeah that's fine because ultimately it's your choice that's what he said but at one point he also said too he's like because like we'll go in and be like so I don't know what you're what you're up to date on now, blah blah blah. Like, and we always have the list. I'm like, so what do we need now? And he's just like, I don't know. But I'll tell you this right now: there's other people kicking out, other practices that are kicking people out for doing this because you have to stay by it. And I'm like, I get that, but that's why we came to you because you're open to it. Yeah. It's all, all, I mean, our baby. Yeah. So like, as long as you're okay with it, we need some we need some outside perspective to basically step in and say, no, 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 that's that's a bad idea. That one I can live with or whatever. So. Well, and when it comes to vaccines, too, I think they need to put a lot of research into it, too. You know, we can't do the things always yeah, that we did so many years ago and call it the gold standard. Yeah. Right? But to put more effort and research, and that's anything with medicine. The more research you can get, the more trials you can get, the more that you can actually see what happens, the better we're going to have an understanding and how we can alter it if it needs to be. You know? Yeah. Well, you just saw that they, they changed the hypertension guidelines, right? Yeah. Which is really surprising to the low number is surprising to me. Did they kept it the same? No, they lowered it by ten. Oh, from ninety to eighty. Ninety to eighty. Yeah. I'm kind of 
I was a little surprised by that. Isn't 120 oh, yeah. over 80? Like oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd love in the future to learn more about women's like reproductive health and find out like it's an autoimmune diet. Because I call the autoimmune diet like my fertility diet, but I have no idea if that's legit, if I should recommend it to friends who are dealing with yeah, fertility issues. Yeah, see, that's why I didn't really kind of touch on that mm -hmm. much because they're going to say, well, prove it. Right. Like, you, it's only for you, right? Right, and you exactly. Just, yeah, so um, I, I do find that, like, for example, gestational diabetes, like, mm -hmm. you would be in line for that, right? Even though you're nowhere near being a diabetic, like, you have mm -hmm. an insulin issue. Right, Which exactly. is incredible. And see, I would probably gear more towards saying, like, I'm, I'm fixed my insulin resistance and switched it to sensitivity mm -hmm. with my diet, and that's what got me over PCOS that allowed me to, you know, maintain this pregnancy and all that as well, but... I'm very cautious on what I tell people too. Like, I don't want to say I cure anything because mm -hmm. people even ask, like, do you cure an autoimmune disorder? And I'm like, I don't even know if you can reverse it, to tell you the truth, because right. the, the research is indifferent. I just say, like, it's manageable. Right, exactly. Right? You can put your symptoms into remission, but can you ever, like, fully? Yeah, yeah. like, yeah. do you ever get rid of Hashimoto's? I don't know. It's right. the, the groundwork's there for it to come back. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's kind of like cold in winter you know go hand in hand so like you say all right if you're indoors all day and you're gonna get sick and touching people like you're gonna do the preventative deal to manage your immune system rather than let it get really weak and then try to do something about it mm -hmm. right so uh the celiac issue i i think that many times now you probably look at someone and say i wanted an actual diagnosis for it but you can have sensitivity to it and then have a, an, an issue right. and you don't have to have a diagnosis for it right yeah so for me personally the reason why the hematologist is like no I'm like very confident you have it even without a proper diagnosis was because um, like if somebody just has sensitivity to it it's not going to be causing like a blood loss within them which sure. is what caused my anemia and, and that makes sense with small intestine uh, yeah, for small intestine damage, sure. which is what would happen with celiac. So that's why I feel confident saying it. But even still, like, I still sometimes have a little guilt because I'm like, I'm claiming that I have these things, but do I really? Like, should I be doing this? Well, the way the know. test works, too, is, like, if you've cut out gluten, even if you're sensitive, like, you might not exactly. test positive because you haven't you been reacting to positive. it. Yeah. So now they call it, this wasn't known back then, or at least my doctor didn't know about it. Um, they call it the gluten challenge. And so if you've been eating gluten free, your doctor will tell you to eat gluten, a piece of, a piece of bread or two pieces of bread, I think every day for six weeks before you will even have a chance of getting a positive diagnosis. And but then you all know, right? Cause you'll have bad reactions. Or right. Well, that's, that's the thing. So I'm in so many Facebook groups, um, for like celiac support. I think I'm in like two or three and I see people ask me all the time. They're like, well, I already feel so much better and I've been doing it for four weeks and now the doctor's telling me I have to, I'm like, I always tell them the same thing. Like, is it worth it to you to go back to potentially damaging just to be diagnosed? Like what difference is it going to make? Yes, yeah. And for children, sometimes there is a difference because their school will allow them to like have certain, I don't know, accommodations yeah, or something. Yeah. Um, but it's not like there's a medication for it. So yeah. what difference does it really make? I yeah. don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, how many medications are there for the gut? Yeah, no. There's not a lot. I mean, it's mainly like acid reflux or constipation. Right. It's basically the inner out. Like, mm -hmm. it's kind of like nothing like for treating like the actual middle section. Right. And now, in the fall, I'm prescribing antibiotics for people. And the thing is, like, I'm very, I'm very cautious on the idea of like over prescribing mm -hmm. because, uh, 
if you tell a parent who's around a kid who's been had strep and they're like, I just need an antibiotic as a preventative measure, mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit there and argue with them. But I, if I keep prescribing over and over again, I'm going to say, hey, you should probably take a probiotic with that because you're just tearing up your gut. And if you think about that person and they have like an autoimmune disorder, I go back to when they were a kid and I'm like, how many antibiotics were you on as a kid? And they're like, oh, all the time. I had chronic oh, ear infections on. I'm like, you tore up your gut. Like, you destroyed their whole life. No wonder you're sick all the time and you have mm-hmm. gut issues. Like, go back to it and, and start re- replenishing your probiotics. And so kombucha, uh, you know, sauerkraut, miso. We had a lady here today that said they're going to go to Oktoberfest. I said, well, just eat the sauerkraut. Because at <laughs> least that's the healthy thing out of right. all the stuff you can eat. But, uh, you know, kombucha is becoming more popular. So mm-hmm. now people are starting to, like, brew their own kombucha and help that. But... Uh, the gut, it, it's still very complex. And if anyone ever like figures out the one way to actually treat this issue over that, bravo. Because right now, I still haven't found one issue, other like one way to treat everything other than just say, eliminate all the inflammatory foods. And for me, I read Wheat Belly, and after I was reading that, I'm done with bread. Like I'm just not, I just think it's inflammatory. Even mm-hmm. though I don't have the issue that you have, right. why, why go through that? That's, why inflame it? That is the one food, and I admit this to pretty much everyone, that I feel any slight amount of dogma towards, and it's even if somebody is not, uh, this is actually the first fight that me and my husband got into, um, which he's gluten-free now, so uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, was disagreeing about the fact that I feel like every single person in the entire world should be gluten-free, and it's specifically because of the effects that has, whether you have an intolerance to it or not, oh. on your digestive t- tract, and um yeah, I mean, that's the one thing. But even still, it is not on me to tell somebody else that they can't eat gluten. It's them to make their own decision about uh, it. I had a talk with a gentleman yesterday. I was talking to him about it. Older gentleman, and uh, he was talking about his buddy who went in the hospital for heart issues related to diabetes. And I was like, yeah, it pisses me off that you know nutritionists still recommend like whole wheat bread for diabetics. Mm-hmm. I said, you're just adding fuel to the fire. And he's like, what do you mean? They're supposed to stop eating bread? I was like, yeah, it's, just, it's all sugar. It's inflammatory. Like, they just need to stop it. And he looks at me and goes, well, what the hell are you supposed to eat then? And I'm just like, yeah, because it's in breakfast, lunch, and right. dinner. It's even in snacks. I mean, everywhere you look at it, right. it's bread. The old food pyramid had you eating 11 like servings of oh, grains a day. Yeah, that was yeah. the base. That was the foundation. So you insane. need whole grain bread. That's American Diabetes so Association has whole wheat bread as a good choice for a diabetic. Ugh, that's so sad. You know, so, yeah. I, I'm with you. I think, you know, bread, uh, I tell people, like, pretty much dairy for the most part. Yeah, dairy. Like, you can get rid of dairy. And then, like, anything that is almost red meat, for most people, is probably going to be inflammatory one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, people have digestive issues here. We have to give them shots and IVs because they can't absorb anything. So we have to bypass all that mm-hmm. that way, you know? And, yeah. Yeah, with red meat, my my take on it is, like, the studies that I've looked at has shown, like, the correlation between infl- inflammation and red meat or um, cancer and red meat all makes 100% sense, and, like, I t- totally believe that, but they've also all been, like, low in vegetables, and so my thought is, like, to eat the protein that you want, keep it to, like, a reasonable amount every day. I typically eat a vegetarian dinner dinner um just because it feels good to me to eat a lot of vegetables at that point but so long as somebody's eating like a lot of produce throughout the day I don't really worry about their animal protein intake and as long as it's like high quality but yeah well the problem is is I deal with a bunch of bodybuilders and they think ketosis is like the best thing because they can just eat tons of red meat and protein I'm like (laughs) dude you're gonna tear up your kidneys man I wonder if 
they're even in ketosis. They're not. Though. Yeah, I would guess that they probably no, aren't. Because their their diets when they have their cheat fat. days, they eat tons of potatoes and they mm-hmm. eat tons of crap on top of that, like sugar on with it. So if you look at their guts, you can completely tell that they're completely off because they're all top heavy. Mm-hmm. And then they have these guts that come out here and I'm wondering like why do you still have a little bit of man boobs and you still have that gut? Like if you're supposed mm-hmm. to be like all protein protein, right? Yep. But if you have a vegan bodybuilder, you can tell the whole difference because it's chiseled, like there's no inflammation in the gut. So it shrinks their fat cells. That so I have a the one guy who's ever gone through my program uh was like that. He's a what was his degree in? Um anyway, he doesn't do this anymore but he was a trainer at the time and he's very like body conscious and he also had that experience too where he was like chiseled everywhere but then kind of had a gut and he he said that like being on the program was what really helped him figure it out and he was the one who came to me afterwards and was like is the purpose of your program to make me intolerant to everything because I was eating all these foods before without issue I'm like no it was causing you an issue you just didn't know just tell you yeah, yeah, exactly. That's oh, yeah. how I mean. That's how I have a client right now who he just he just started his third month with me. So in the last two months, he has lost I think close to fifty pounds now, and his thyroid panel just came back normal for the first time yeah. in I don't know how long, and um, his blood pressure was like one seventeen over seventy two or something. Like very healthy. It's always been high. Like all these things. But he was texting me last week, and he's like well, I've been noticing a lot of things about my food now. And I said, well, what are you noticing? And he goes, well, I can't eat gluten. And I was like, oh, really? You can't? Because I, I never tell anyone to cut anything. I'm just like, this is what I think you should be eating. Like, eat these things. And I just kind of leave out what I think they shouldn't eat. Mm-hmm. I don't even say don't eat this. I just say, do eat this. And because they're eating certain things more, they tend to not eat the gluten right. and the, the inflammatory foods. And um, I was like, oh, how did you figure out you can't have gluten? And he goes, well, I realized... Like, after I had a sandwich one day that I hadn't had bread in, like, a month and a half, and then I had heartburn that night, and I, like, mentioned it to my wife, and she goes, well, it's because you haven't had gluten. And he goes, oh, my God, you're so right. And then, um, like, a few days later, he goes, hey, I actually can't eat, like, I can't tolerate um, certain vegetables. And I said, well, what about vegetables? And he goes, oh, like, um, broccoli and Brussels sprouts. And I was like, what about kale and, like, cabbage? And he's like, yeah, those bother me, too. And I was like... Those are all in the same family. Don't worry. There's a compound in them that's bothering you. Like, that's cool that you noticed it, though. Because he, like, doesn't even need to know the science of the food. He just was like, I ate bread and I felt crappy. I ate broccoli and I felt crappy. Like, it's it's so interesting when you just, like, tell people to start noticing things. And that's why I really love your program. Because, like, yeah, yeah, like, so many people, like, it's crazy that we live in this thing and never pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. Um... I can't remember what podcast I was listening to the other day, but they were talking about like body awareness and the guy that was being interviewed said, Hey, what's your pinky toe doing right now? And as I was listening to the podcast, I was like, I have no freaking idea what my pinky toe is doing right now. Like, why am I living in this thing? And I constantly work on body awareness and I still don't know what my pinky toe is up to half the time. Like, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a different way of looking at it but it's like super crucial to mm-hmm. figuring out what is actually affecting you and how. I don't know. Yeah. It's definitely. That's cool. I mean, anytime you get a person to just be aware of what they yeah, feel like after really it's that's the toughest thing. Heartburn is just the norm. I mean, you have cable, Larry the Cable Guy on TV like, yeah, you know, hot dogs you want, just take this one little pill once a day and you won't have that heartburn. Or you can stop eating the hot dogs <laughs> and you won't have to worry about acid reflux at night. 
oh, this is America. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have all these people that come in and are like, yeah, you should probably stop cutting, cutting back on that brisket, one of those tacos. And they're like, I'm a Texan. Like, That's what I do. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, keep feeling complicated and feeling like crap out there. Right. Well, thank you for coming thanks on. So yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Glad we've had you.